0: Eh. well said yeah <laughs> welcome to big damn cast yes, this
1: is the big damn cast that's my theme tune that i've been with that. That's, that's I'm a fan. <laughs> i thought for a split second it was
0: quite it was quite ominous i thought you were going for a captain scarlet thing like this is the voice of the big damn cast that'll work also we've just lost about 90 percent of our listeners who have what, no idea what captain scarlet what is, is. captain scarlet uh um, it's, the it's the Mistrons. it's the who Maybe that was what they were missing. Maybe someone should have just straight up asked, like where are they? Oh, it- they're over there. That- they're in that they're in that camper van. They've was been following the- you. Was it one of the Angel Squadron French? Uh oh, oh, yes. Oh, oh, it-
1: I think they all were. Were they, they all French? Yeah. I don't know. It's been so long. They since were I've sexy
0: French marionettes. <laughs> <laughs> Cause nothing sexier than having a head three sizes bigger than a
1: human head would be oh, in proportion to the rest of your body. We should talk about mean? Captain Scarlet at some point. We should rewatch some old original Captain Scarlet.
0: You know, we should we we should Same. talk Thunderbirds, we should talk Captain Scarlet, and do you know what? I've never seen it, I've always wanted to we should do some Fireball XL five. I've never seen Fireball XL five. I know that
1: wasn't Jerry Anderson, was it?
0: Uh n- no. It was in the same
1: studio and everything. But it wasn't Jerry Anderson. And that that one's weird. Sting Every raids. episode
0: ends with an ode to the female character. Yeah. It's like Marina Which I was a song Maria? in one of the episodes. Yeah. One of the episodes does a musical number. Out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. And then they just move on. It's like,
1: wait, what? Yeah, stingray's off. weird, bro. Stingray. It's seriously weird.
0: He's weird, bro. La, da, da, da. They used to
1: have a little stingray as well, and a little the, the fish ship.
0: I had, I had the yeah, the, the I, had, I had the stingray toy because you could open the hatch and you could fit the figures in. I had the little
1: ones. I didn't have Although the big, I did, I didn't have I, big ones. I had the little. I had the little. Oh stingray.
0: right, because because I, I, I had a big one, but I never had any of the stingray characters. I only had the Thunderbirds characters. I had a little. I so I'd, I'd sit stingray. a Tracy in in stingray, and I played with it in the bath. And uh, I'll give it credit for this:
1: never once did the paint come off. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's a submarine.
0: That's it for this week, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) See you later. Uh, So, on with the news before we baffle anyone. We're 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 still here. Um, The only people who are still here are people who've ever seen, like, watched Stingray and acknowledge it in some way, be
1: it positive or negative, or people who fell asleep in the first minute. People are frantically Googling Stingray on their small (laughs) handheld devices. (laughs) The smartwatches. But you've all got smart watches, haven't you? Crazy kids. You Crazy smart- kids. You may have smart watches, but bet you don't have portraits
0: that link up into to video eh? calls in eh? your secret base on a tropical island.
1: Eh? Anything can happen in the next half hour. Anything
0: can happen <laughs> if you let
1: it. So, uh, not a lot not a huge amount going on this week that I've noticed. Or maybe I've just been living under a rock. Lots of news, but none of it particularly uh fit for our it. yeah not not the kind of stuff we report on we are not going um, political put it that not way. that we report we just sort of talk about it yeah it's not political. like we're journalists I don't have like the hat on with the little ticket in the band that's not a thing doesn't make you a journalist I'm Knox I'm Knox from Batman Eighty Nine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hello legs
1: does that mean I'm Vicky Vale <laughs> yeah I want to bust that body oh yeah <laughs> Christ uh, for those playing um, along
0: at home take a shot from the first Prince reference of the episode <laughs> What are we got, um,
1: Matthew? John Carpenter's real salty about The Walking Dead. Really? Yeah. Really, really, really? John, John Carpenter was on the WTF podcast, which I don't listen to, so I have not heard the interview. Matt, WTF? Um, WTF, mate. <laughs> um, but... Forget about it. <laughs> it's, been... <laughs> it's been reported on that he's uh, kind of took a shot at The Walking Dead for milking um, George Romero's work it was basically just, you know, milking the night of the living dead thing. But it's, that was part of a larger point he was making about the way that media no culture... No one's
0: being creative with that format yeah, and genre.
1: Yeah, they're just milking the same ideas over and over and over again. Hmm. Um, so that was that a was thing, John Carpenter being all salty. But John Carpenter's a weird dude, so we'll let him do that. <laughs> that was a thing. Um... You just said that in the same sentence as John
0: Carpenter. <laughs> you didn't leave on the opportunity. <laughs> For know, that, I'm it. taking your journalist hat No! Off you.
1: <laughs> No, you are now no longer a journalist. I'm no longer Knox. Knox, <laughs> no more. It's the DC crossover of 2016. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Guiding into the Galaxy Volume Two is a thing. Yes, it is. It's a glorious thing. It's wrapped now, isn't it? Uh, they're bringing footage to SDCC. What the yeah. shit? That's going to happen. So That'll we're going to see happy. a little bit of that film uh, on somebody's phone camera on yeah. YouTube for two, we'll see two days. Some leaked footage out of Hall H. <laughs> also on the subject of uh, SDCC, uh, there's a 13-foot bronze statue of Captain America
0: Wow that's being
1: unveiled
0: Whoa. and displayed
1: in San Diego for the 20th to the 24th of July before it makes way to its permanent home in Brooklyn.
0: Oh, snap! Yeah. So, so they're doing a RoboCop? They're doing a RoboCop. They're doing a Superman. They're doing a RoboCap. Uh, because <laughs> <hard to remember. laughs> they don't have it in... in, um, in uh, oh, God, where's Smallville meant to be? Um... Kansas. Kansas. In Kansas, is a statue of Superman. Or is it in, D- in I, D.C.? I it? have no idea. Well, yeah. There's a statue of Superman somewhere. Has someone and... written false god" on it? No. But Barack Obama... Is there a moment in... no legs Bra- climbing up it? Barack Obama is posing in front of it, doing the same pose as the statue, thus certifying uh... his position forever going forward as quite possibly the l- most cool president that the U.S. will the ever have. Sure, there are drones killing people overseas, and that's a bad thing. But uh, one man can't make all the change in the world and no other president is ever going to be this hip. No. So there no. is that. Um, yeah, I mean, he watches Game of Thrones. He's on it. Yeah, who doesn't? Everybody he knows the important stuff in the world. We, we need to
1: talk about this last season of Game of Thrones, actually. We should do that soon. We should. We, um, get a political, we need to watch it. Uh,
0: We're getting political Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in Detroit, they've got a statue of Robocop. Excellent. Which... which I don't understand it's like they're saying yes we are the shit hole from the movies. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, Detroit is I I I've, I've had someone from Detroit come and stay at my house. It Detroit's an interesting place. <laughs> um then again, I still think the best statue associated
0: with the location is uh, Frank Sidebottom. There's a Frank Sidebottom oh, in Timpoli. I
1: love it. I love it. Oh. And the head, and the, the the
0: body's bronze but the the head's colored
1: in like the like the head. That's amazing. That is really cool. Um you know someone tried to nick the Eric Morecambe statue that's in Morecambe? How do you nick a statue? I think they tried to saw its leg off. Why and would you nick do that? Oh, because he's only on one leg, because yeah. so that would be the anchor point. Why don't you
0: just saw the bot the base? I don't know.
1: Like, Why would you I saw his leg? I might be remembering that story, but I remember there being a story a couple of years back about someone trying to like nick why, the Eric Morcum Why
0: would you want an Eric an amputated Eric Morcom statue? Well,
1: I'd, I'd, I'd want an Eric Morecambe in my living room. Yeah, but not a one-legged Eric Morker. No, I mean, you can't I do the skip. I'm not ableist. You've yeah, feel like some
0: kind of weird time-travelling edition of Misery. <laughs>
1: do you know what I mean? Just it's keep like, him there. Just keep him You're there. you write a new Morkman Wise Christmas special. It's like, you, yeah, you will write You will write, a new one of your funny
0: plays. That was Ernie! That wasn't
1: me! Where can I find Ernie? <laughs> um, I need both of you. Oh. Maybe next time he wakes up, there's both of them in the bed next to each other. <laughs> Sharing a bed. Malcolm and Wise in Misery. Um, <laughs> you just see you could Photoshop that. You can just take a still from any of the sketches
0: with them sat yeah, next each work. other, sat up next to each other in bed, and just oh, just oh. give them both a broken <laughs> ankle. Oh, oh, on the subject of misery, yeah. Do you like the BC TV shows? I, I, you know, the only one I've watched <laughs> is Flash, and I really enjoy
1: Flash. I, um, I dig it. Well, I I've watched, I've watched, I diggle quite, it. I watched the. That's first... a joke for DC oh, people, right? No. I've watched the tiggle. first season and a bit of Arrow. Uh, my girlfriend has plowed into season four of Arrow and gave up towards the end of it. Good Lord um, I've really enjoyed both seasons of the flash i I've, ah! I've enjoyed what I've seen of Supergirl Supergirl! and Legends of tomorrow is bad. <laughs> it's real bad, but it's got Brandon Ruth and Arthur Davil and Victor Gerber and other cool people in it. I wonder it's got um Wentmouth Millerby and Captain Cold, which is always worth a watch. <laughs> Um, I he's... imagine he would get a little grating though. Oh, if he was in every every week. No, he's fabulous. I would just watch a whole show. Of... I just watch Captain Cold. I just watch it. It's just 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 him
0: just like, going to get
1: a coffee. Yeah, I just watch. Went with I'll have
0: people. a frappuccino. I'll have a
1: frappuccino because but it's hold ice.
0: Hold the mill. Cold
1: pun. I hope
0: you're not planning on putting too much ice in there. <laughs> I wouldn't advise you. <laughs> Messing up my order!
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want it so much! You're not putting me off; you're just making me want it more. Um, what's his name again? What's the character's Leonard name? Scott. Leonard. Leonard's not.
0: S- that's not how you spell Leonard. C- excuse me. On the side of my coffee cup, you misspelled my name. I don't like it when people
1: misspell my name. <laughs> <laughs> not.
0: <laughs> like that's the name of the show. Dominic Purcell.
1: To... Well, there is there is precedent for a heroic. Leonard Snart in um, Flashpoint of all things, because um, he's Citizen Cold in the Flashpoint universe. But even a hero would kick a barista's ass for spelling Leonard. As someone who's been <laughs> who has experience of being a barista, have you ever that's... had your ass kicked by a supervillain? Well, no, but I, I you know I'm I'm not um I'm not a future hot girl, so I don't know about being baristas. But um, I'm a
0: barista. I was a barista. <laughs>
1: um, but anyway, that's not the point I'm making. The reason I mentioned the D C T V shows oh, yeah. is because yeah. in the US at least, the Net- Netflix and the CW The Netflix and the C W yes. um, have struck a deal to bring their shows, including the D C T V shows but not limited to. Also include shows like Riverdale, which I'm interested in. Um, because how do you make a TV show out of Archer? That's how you make it Twin Peaks apparently. Um, Riverdale, Frequency, No Tomorrow, <laughs> The Vampire Diaries. The
0: Vampire Diaries. The Vampire Diaries. Yep,
1: yep, yep, Um, The 100, Rain, and some other bits and pieces, as well as the DC TV shows, including I, I, Zombie, and now Supergirl, Supergirl, because that's a CW show now. Um, they're gonna be bringing their full seasons to Netflix eight days after the seasons conclude.
0: Oh, that's kinda cool.
1: Um, and that the season Those, we did
0: that with um, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yeah, they, yeah, that's
1: one of the shows that's... that's, that's, that's
0: which is now on the deal. UK Netflix, which I'm probably yeah. going to binge this week because I absolutely adore Rachel Bloom. So whether this will affect In a us, fiery, biblical way. You're
1: terrible. <laughs> um
0: <laughs> oh, this
1: no. whether, the, whether this comes over to the UK or not is... You know, it's not clear, but it'll be interesting to see if it does because... Well, Crazy
0: Ex-Girlfriend's like a, a hint... Uh, how they can yeah. it in the
1: future, maybe, yeah, so that maybe. that'll be cool that that's a big thing that' done. and it's not the first time like Netflix have got an exclusive deal in place with Disney that Netflix is the exclusive home of all Disney streaming stuff for like the next extra years from everything that comes out, I think from last year onwards, so like episode seven when that comes out to streaming, that'll be on Netflix exclusively and all the new Pixar stuff, finding Nemo, et cetera, et cetera, mm. et cetera, so um. I mean, it's it's kind of part of the arms race of streaming hmm. um But it's also healthy competition, stuff. too, for those companies. Yeah, you, it is, you, If you've it got is, the Marvel shows is.
0: on Netflix and the DC shows on Netflix, then people are going to be like, you finish a season of, of Flash, it's going to be like, why not try Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? And they'll be like, okay, fair enough. And it's interesting that... Um, as long as it doesn't recommend Daredevil or Jessica Jones to anybody watching Flash or
1: Supergirl, because oh, good lord. No, it's not going to go Traumatize down. some kids. But it's interesting that Marvel and DC have both now got exclusivity with the same provider. Um, although over here, it's a bit less cut and dry because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is on Amazon Prime. Arrow is on Amazon Prime. <laughs> um flash flash isn't on stream isn't yet. On any of them yet anyway. um so it's a bit more divided and i think the like the licenses are different um across the, which is why we don't have some amazing stuff that we have on netflix in the states in the over here um speaking of amazing stuff on netflix oh and also going back to john carpenter yeah was a little chinatown there. Did it? That movie's 30 years old. Oh my god. It's also perfect. It is a great movie. It's perfect. It's a great movie. And it's on Netflix, so if you haven't seen Bridge from the Little China, go and watch it. You, the it's last, on Netflix. The last time I watched it, I looked at it in a slightly different way.
0: I looked at it as um, Kurt Russell as, as just a wacky sidekick. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember. That's not a
1: different way. That's how the movie is. Oh well, no, that's how
0: the movie's written. Well, no, no, but the way it pitches it at you in terms of just like the way you look at the DVD cover when I first watched oh, yeah, that movie, yeah, but... I was like, "Oh, it's a movie about that's... this American guy getting involved in all these crazy Chinese secrets, and, huh? that's that's and then you watch the it, and it's a, yeah, yeah. It's a ridiculously
1: cool movie. The cover being like that with yeah. him just in it, yeah. And, and yeah, but, but when brilliant. you, I'm trying to remember the guy's name. Like the dude who's the real hero of the whole. Piece. Uh, I can't remember the actor's name. I also can't remember the character's name.
0: We're letting the side down. But like but, he's... You know what I mean? like he He's the hero. I know. If you put him on the front cover of the DVD, you would look at the film different going into it, I think, if you came to it new. Mm. Um, but what we're basically saying is, it's a damn good film. It's got some amazing
1: special effects in terms of like the practical stuff and everything. Oh, it yeah. looks it, so it's, good. It's, it's aged really some well. proper creepy villains. Brilliant scripts. Wonderful gags. Creepiness all over the... Lopan is an incredible villain. And if you like the new Nickelodeon uh turtle show <laughs> that actor turns up playing not Lopan but, but a, a ghost very, that's kind a, of yeah, like him a in a season serious two, yeah? Like a serious homage to Lopan and turns a couple of skate punks into the three storms. Oh god it's, they have, yeah, yeah, yes. It's pretty great. That was pretty sweet, um, and It's another reason to watch the Nickelodeon uh, turtle show which is pretty fantastic.
0: Netflix needs to hurry its it ass up with season
1: three and four. Yeah it's got season one and two on there. So yeah yeah Netflix is worth is worth watching for a lot of that stuff. Nickelodeon um, <laughs> One last thing before we get into the the topics of this episode is me and my girlfriend watched Cyborg last night, which is uh, Jean Claude Van Damme. Went, oh, I thought you were going to say you, you came back from the future. Yeah, we wished DC's oh, Cyborg. Oh no, 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 no! So That's, they do make it. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, that remains to be seen. Is it about the upper torso of um, a
0: teenager screaming in agony? Come on, no. kids, buy
1: the Happy Meal. No, it's about Jean Claude Van Damme and terrible practical effects and. Canon Films going bankrupt.
0: Oh, it's Canon because it's Canon Films because. Just give everyone a quick because I won't, I I will put a bullet point in bankrupt. Give everyone a quick sort of summation of Canon Films <sighs> because these guys are responsible for bringing us some of the most
1: wonderfully terrible things. Canon are like they were a studio who <laughs> um, they're not quite they they're they're not a big studio they're kind of a mid-level studio but they kind of have a reputation for putting out real trashy cult movies. Um, but then they got their hands on some really big licenses. Yeah, like and they, they miraculously were able them. to
0: get a hold of,
1: for they, example, Superman. They had Spider-Man in development for years. Yeah, Spider-Man and was it, theirs. Pa- cyborg tanking was one of the reasons, well, Cyborg tanked because of other reasons, but Cyborg <laughs> was uh, one of the reasons that Canon tanked and went under in, and when they lost, the, no, Sorry, them (laughs) losing the Spider-Man license kind of before Cyborg came out. That was because they also lost the Masters of the Universe license because Cyborg was originally written and started pre-production as He-Man 2. So wait, hang on. Let's just... So for those who aren't aware, He-Man, the Masters of the
0: Universe, Cartoon Show from the 80s... Film version comes out in the late eighties, starring Dolph Lundgren as He-Man, Frank Langella as Skeletor. Yeah, Frank L- oh, Sorry, like, oh, that again. Frank Langella as Skeletor. Yes. yes. Frank Langella as how much? Okay, I'll film. I'll do it. Um, um, like, um and the film was called Masters of the Universe because they true story. They thought calling it He-Man in the Masters of the Universe was too gay in quotes <laughs> the same reason that the tv the tv company behind the incredible hulk tv show changed bruce banner's name to david banner because they thought bruce was a name that was too gay because in the 80s everybody People were dicks. <laughs> People didn't like the gays in it's, the eighties. It's gay. Oh, we better not do it. That just shut up. And f- <sighs> just <sighs> Bruce, ugh, but... Bruce is such a gay name. Apparently, oh, what Christ's <laughs> sake! But anyways, but that's why the, that's why um, like they always still make references to his middle name being David in the comic sense, as yeah. sort of like a nod yeah. to and a middle finger up to the TV series. That I think he'd
1: been Robert in some versions as
0: well. His, his name was always. Um, uh no, there was always Bruce Banner from the beginning, but I think that his middle name was Robert and then they changed it to David. Something like that. Maybe. Um to, as to to, to sort Hulk. of like a homage. Oh and, no, and a, I'll have to read
1: some more Hulk, what a shame.
0: <laughs> um <laughs> Go back and read the 60s stuff, it's amazing. <laughs> it's pretty great. It's like Stan Lee. Like Stan Lee was uh, you know, he only wanted to have a cameo in the Marvel movies that he had a hand in co-creating the characters. He got he felt like it was a bit unfair if he if he cameoed in ones that he didn't make. Well, and so when it came to Guardians, that was the first one that he like Captain America he didn't yeah, make, but yeah. he, he brought him back, for example, in Avengers. And then with um, he made with, with Guardians of the Galaxy. He was like, "Oh, I don't know. Like, you should give it to someone else." And they were like, "You, you created Groot." He's like, "What?"
1: He's like, "You created Groot. Groot is an alien sentient plant in a Hulk <laughs> issue." From early Hulk. I don't think it's I don't think it's Hulk, I think it's a, an early anthology story. Might be. Like it, where it, monsters dwell or something. But Stan like. wrote it and it was Hulk oh, fighting yeah, yeah, yeah. it was Hulk yeah, yeah.
0: fighting this tree monster that was called Groot. Brilliant. And and Brilliant. then whoever you know brought Groot back in Guardians later on was like, Oh, tell you what, I'll make it one of those things. It's like the whole planet's a forest, and this is just another tree from it. Hmm. Which then got explored in, in a Group uh, mini story a couple of years ago. Uh, in I think one of the annuals, and it was really cute. And they all said, I'm group. All the dialogue in this issue is I'm group. But anyway, it's That's a massive it's tangent. But anyway, yeah, um, kind of um, so He Man, Master's of the Universe movie comes out, yeah. and it's the typical thing of we don't know how to adapt this, so it's going to be a story of them coming to Earth. Yeah, and kind um, of basically. Sh- this, it shares the same plot as the Smurfs movie.
1: They bet the farm <laughs> on Master's of the Universe. Like, they put a lot of money into it, and they were expecting to get a lot of money back, and it did not work out for them. But they'd already greenlit and started pre production on the sequel. In fact, they were so
0: confident there's an after credits moment in the original yeah. of Skeletor yeah. arising from like the lava or whatever and, and um, freezing mid shot because they obviously didn't get the shot they wanted. Oh,
1: so they just freeze with his face above the surface like a Goosebumps cover. Oh. It's really weird. Um, but Dolph Lundgren declined to return because he was doing a good red scorpion.
0: Yeah. Which probably paid better. Which, you know, worked out
1: well for him. And wasn't um, a Masters of
0: the Universe sequel.
1: But, because <laughs> um, the plot of it was that He-Man comes back to Earth. It's a post-apocalyptic wasteland. So um, again, avoiding the Masters of the
0: Universe yeah, premise completely, again, like completely like the first no movie. Attorney, no Eternia.
1: No Eternia for you. Um, <laughs> and, well, Dolph Lundgren returns. You can wait your Eternia. Oh, terrible. Terrible. Um, but they just recast him. They recast the surfer dude out of him. And then, But then it went through more production troubles and it ended up becoming the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie that it is now, and um, changed the plot and wrote all the He-Man stuff out. It's a weird movie. It's not very good. It's worth a watch, but it's terrible. Is Jean-Claude um, Van Damme a cyborg? No.
0: So who's the cyborg? He's... Is there a cyborg? Okay. There is a cyborg. Oh, God. There are several cyborgs. Ladies and gentlemen, Big Damn Cast Theatre presents the abridged reading of Jean-Claude Van Damme's Cyborg. So... <laughs>
1: Am I giving it it too much courtesy? (laughs) It's it's not good. Um, (laughs) So, there's. It's a post apocalyptic wasteland. Right. And there's been wars, and there's a plague, which is never really defined, but there's a plague, and it's bad. And there's a last group of doctors, and. They've sent out a cyborg to get some information. And this cyborg is coming back to Atlanta, which is where the last doctors are. And then she gets attacked by a group of pirates led by the improbably improbably named Fender Tremolo, (laughs) who is also a cyborg, but he's kind of like T-Ray from the Deadpool comics meets the Lord Humongous from the Road Warrior um, with this ridiculous voice and shiny bright blue eyes. And a chainmail shirt, and also he's called Fender Tremolo. Did I mention that he's called Fender Tremolo? One more time. Fender Tremolo.
0: As Skeletor. Frank Langella <laughs> as Fender
1: Tremolo. It's not Frank Langella. Oh, see, that's where the movie um, was let down. It's some big muscle dude. Uh, <laughs> Are name you saying Frank remember.
0: Langella couldn't get muscly?
1: Well, Probably this not. guy's swole. Um, <laughs> this is... Anyway, so there's a cyborg, and then her bodyguard is killed by this gang. And she runs into, uh, I can't remember the John claude Van Damme character's name. It's, should, we call, should we call him JCVD? It's something Rickenbacker. <laughs> I know Rickenbacker's his second name. Should we call him Rickenbacker Glory? Rickenbacker Glory. Rickenbacker Glory. So Rickenbacker Glory rescues this cyborg. <laughs> and then she has a whole exposition scene where, and it's like the woman takes off a wig and she's got, like, a brain and a case and, like, a metal neck. But it's a really poor puppet. And then there's this really awful shot of, like, she sees the pirates catch up with her. And then she looks around and she's not put the wig back on. something, It's like a puppet head. And it's really Uncanny Valley. And it's just... So it's not, like,
0: Terminator-style, we know that's a fake head... But the it's, shot is so good, it, we don't care.
1: It's such a... It, I'll have to it's show like you. Sutty's
0: Suttie's in the bottom of frame. I'll
1: have to show you. Kermit <laughs> the, fr- the Frog. I can't describe how awful some of the practical cyborg effects are in this movie. There's not many of them. Because <laughs> we're told that Fender Tremolo is a cyborg. But we never really see his cyborg augmentations. Fender Tremolo. And this cyborg lady just isn't in the movie much. Um... <laughs> It's because Jim Henson was only available for well, the half a day. That's why. it's a mess, mess. Um, but yeah, there's some awful practical effects. And then Fender Tremolo takes a cyborg, and he wants to take her to Atlantis and keep the cure for himself. He's like, I like the pain. I like <laughs> the suffering. I like this world. Go to hell. I've been there. It's <laughs> terrible. Um, but so then... And also Fender Tremolo in the past killed um, Rick and Baccaglory's family. So... But then he sort of he's an, he's described as an urban ninja. Okay, here's my here's my biggest question so far. No, I can't answer it because no. I don't
0: know. Oh no, you no 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 no. You can. Wh- when when was this released? 1987. Okay, so this is post Terminator. This is yeah, it's post Terminator. Pre Terminator two. Post Terminator two. Post Terminator. Does it feel like it wants to be
1: Terminator? No, places? it feels like it was made in the late seventies. Oh good lord! It feels like, <laughs> like a top roughcast. It, it's not good. Um... And anyway, yeah, there's so it's a um, he man meets escape from New York. Yeah, a little bit, and then Rick and back of Glory hooks up with this woman, and then she he takes um, <laughs> he, she she go they go to try and get the cyborg back, and they're chasing the pirates. But the pirates want to ship, but then they're not; they're on land again. And then he ends up getting crucified at one point, and then there's a big final battle in the rain, and then he gets the cyborg to Atlanta, and it's the end of the film. Hey! And then the, at the end of the film literally, literally ends with they get the cyborg back to Atlanta, she's like, Stay with us, this could be a home for you. And he's like, Nah, we gotta go, people aren't there, need us. And he jets with his new brunette friend who he met, on, who he met earlier. Um, and, then the, and then I think the last time in the movie is like, So they're like, We had the cure for this, we had, we had the cure for the plague but I think he's the cure the world needs, or something ridiculous do, like do, that. Do, and then it just finishes. Oh, and the whole soundtrack sounds like it was recorded on someone's Casio. <sniffs> it's the worst synth soundtrack I've ever heard. But anyway, there's a great article on Den of Geek about how <laughs> how Cyborg how the Universe 2 became Cyborg, and I, I watched it coincidentally last night, and that was what made me want to mention Cyborg. Um, I just can't believe that someone can be retold that specifically. That's so odd. Yeah, that's so. I mean, that
0: that's yeah. that, that's how the Die Hard film Die Hard sequels get made. Well, at least with four and five, like other yeah other things were pitched, and then the studio went, "We'll buy well, your a, script," but that's how Die Hard got. You've made. got to put John. Mc- well, it's sort like a tradition then. Die Hard was it's like you've got to put John McClane in it. Die Hard was a combination
1: of an adaptation of a novel and a commando sequel. I did not know that. And they but well well oh we'll have, my god. Well I'll do a bit of research and we'll talk about this another time I think, but Die Hard, Die Hard was originally started as a mongrel of other films. <laughs> so if it's sequel still also be that is is pretty fitting, but yeah, it happens quite a lot. There's there's there's, there's um, pleasures to be had in diving deep on development hell and films that are cancelled and films that got retooled into other things from other things. Big Trouble in Little China that we talked about earlier was retooled from a from the Book of U-Banzai sequel. Really? Yeah. Um, oh shit! John Carpenter picked up the script and did some stuff on that to make it into Big Trouble in Little China. So that
0: kind of makes sense in yeah, terms kind of It does. Like, um, but yeah, really so
1: I, that might be something we, we look at on another.
0: Damn. If you guys know about any as well, let us know. Big damn ca- big damn contact at gmail.com. Yeah, you. if you know about any of the films that we were, should look at in terms of that, that, that stuff were bastardized and tweaked. Speaking of films that uh, have been bastardized and tweed, <laughs> um, so we're all. I mean, you you know, we're we're sort of amongst that group of people who are kind of a little bit pissy about the Ghostbusters reboot. Let us get let's get
1: it out in front street for those who don't know. I wouldn't say I'm pissy. I'd say I'm. Skeptical at best.
0: Okay. I I think, ultimately, we want it to be a good movie. We want to have fun. Yeah. We want to enjoy it. We want to feel like it belongs in the family of... I really want it to be good. those movies and everything. I really want it to be good. But... All the signals we're getting so far and all the way it's being marketed and the clips that have been shown and everything, blah, 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 blah. It's not encouraging. It's not encouraging at all. In fact, it's very disheartening more than anything. And one thing that we've covered before, that we mentioned this briefly last week and I've talked about it in a video on my YouTube channel and stuff, is that the way they have represented this film within interviews and stuff, specifically the director, Paul... uh, Fague? Fague? Fague, that was it. Fagin. fagin. Roll?
1: Yeah, like fagin. Oh. fagin? Fag roll. Paul fagin. Fagin. Paul. Fair. Fairer. Paul, baby, you're so fagin. Fag... 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 I bet you think this song is about you. Don't you? are so fake. Don't you? So
0: fag... don't yes, you? <laughs> that guy, uh the director of the movie, um has been very openly sort of mocking and piss takey in his interviews yeah. about the people who were upset about this movie. Dismissive, yeah. I would say. But 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 very like it's almost like the film's wearing it as a badge of pride. Which we've said is the worst way to market your movie. It's not going to win you any fans. Because the only people you're appealing to there are those who are like, oh, shut up, it might be good. Like, those people are the only ones who are going to join in with that. The people who are like, oh, shut up, it might be
1: good. But movies live or else... die on those kind of on those kind of audiences.
0: Exactly, especially now in the inter- Tinterwebs age, yeah. where we can all voice our opinion and share our opinion, and, you know, record podcasts as privileged white
1: males. <laughs> for a, um, who definitely know what they're talking about. For society that, <laughs> that doesn't talk anymore because of the rise of the internet, apparently, according to the old people... <laughs> uh, word of mouth is stronger than it's ever been.
0: Strongest word of mouth yet, Mad jove. Yeah, which is why it's such a kick in the balls that he's like that. Like he refers to the whole like all these crying man babies in their basements who I think we've ruined their childhood. Uh, no offense, Paul. What about all the crying lady babies in their basements? Like you sort of again, you you're kind of marginalising it. Point is, I I my opinion of him. Over the last few weeks, last couple of months, in particular, but last few weeks, has turned into this guy's a bit of a knobhead. Yeah, a little bit. And it, it's it's you know it's bad that it does that because it's affecting my, you know my my enthusiasm for the movie hugely. Now I'm really reluctant to see this film now because I'm yeah. like he he does he doesn't want he doesn't care if I like it or not. That's not good. He should want to please everyone. Like you should want to tell
1: a story that'll make people happy. That should be their aim. And that kind of attitude of the this is what I'm making, I don't care if anyone likes it and I don't want to and I'm ignoring all criticisms of it, that can put you off a filmmaker. Because yeah. that's what put us off um Zack Snyder. Because mm. that's what he did. Justice League, I'm already I'm already been put off Justice I've been put off Justice League for about a year.
0: Simply because of the way Jason has conducted himself yeah, in interviews yeah. about it over the last year. Mm-hmm. It's a film that hasn't, I hadn't even started filming when I first decided I don't think I'm going to enjoy that movie. It's mental. Yeah. It's so weird. But today, this morning in fact, Den of Geek released an article which we'll link below in the description. We we'll love Den of Geek. We like Den of Geek. Den of Geek. We're fans of their work. Yeah. Um, Den of Geek uh, did an interview with Paul Feig. 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 Feig! Feig. Vague. <laughs> I want to live forever. No,
1: nope, you got to reboot it. You
0: can't I got to reboot the film. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Vague. Paul Vague. Uh, an interview with him. Uh, the journalist, having seen Ghostbusters ahead of the interview, um, and not the original, the, the roommate, and then went into the interview with him. And what they do is they sort of say, like, "Look, we're gonna, I'm gonna ask you some questions about the controversy and everything, and and, and the, you know, the whole looks of people have about this movie." But I just, and and about the Sony email leaks and and stuff like that, and I I I just I want to give you the chance to put everything out on Front Street and just be very black and white about it. And he goes, I appreciate that, thanks. And you read, you finished this interview. I don't know about you, but I finished when I read this interview. I, I sort of came out the back of it going like, I have a bit more respect for him now. Yeah, but yeah, there are some things absolutely. where I still don't get it. Uh, for example, she says like, I'd only watch the the journalist says I'd only watch the trailer. Uh, I can't remember if it was a he or she actually, I shouldn't put that in your head. Um, the journalist. Let's call them the journalist. Mm-hmm. The journalist said, I hadn't watched the original trailer until after I saw the screening of the movie, like the day before the interview. Then I watched the original trailer because I was curious as to why I had so much backlash. Um, would you agree that's not a good trailer? And he goes, No, it's not the best trailer. It's not very it's not
1: the best representation of the movie we've made. And that's a common theme with Paul Figg trailers in general. Mm. Doesn't his movies don't make good trailers.
0: No. But at the same time, it's odd that the studio went ahead with that and you get the sense that perhaps there was no director's approval. Melissa McCarthy wrote to them after that trailer went out to basically go, look, that's a bit misleading. Can we do a new trailer that's a bit more mm. like this? And they basically ignored her. And she she openly talked about it in an interview, said like, yeah, they don't care about what the actors have to say. They don't, the studio, they don't care. Like, we're just there to
1: sell the tickets. But we knew this about Sony anyway. Yeah. Sony are to the hack frauds. Hacked, hacked frauds, hacked, hacked frauds. Um, hacked frauds, hacked frauds, hacked frauds. In fact, then made a point of not reporting any of the the um, Sony hack stuff, but I still track that stuff down because <laughs> You're curious. Yeah, I like to read the internet equivalents of the National Enquirer. i <laughs> also it was kind of fascinating. Mm. It was morally dodgy the, the, diving into people's private stuff like that, but. It was fascinating. We say we say private. These were all business emails. Well, they were, they were all, they're were still considered private. Well, of
0: course, but they were also like, it's the kind of thing that if, so, you know, whenever you get an email address to the place you work in, they will always issue you with a ton of statements, like, you know, small print and everything, where they basically say, at any time we could pull your email and look mm-hmm. at it. Like if you email here, you have to know that you are representing the yeah, company. They and, could pull their oh, email well. and
1: look at it. And we couldn't pull. Oh their no, email of course, of course.
0: It. But at the same time, like you would expect the emails, of course, to be all obviously you could have banter and this and the other, but to be of professional nature. Yeah. A lot of what came out in in relation to Ghostbusters specifically was a lot of kind of backstabbing, and yeah, and uh, uh, represent uh, representation reputation. Um, like destruction and like pissing all over Ivan Reitman's choices and talking about how like no Dan's script isn't good enough referring to Ackroyd's script yeah. and and all this stuff and it's just really and, and like meetings of all the people that um, is it Amy Pascal I keep forgetting her name yeah impact. yeah head, head of Sony like she she sort of like organised a big meeting prior to the pre-production of this movie where she invited everybody who was involved in it in some way apart from original Ghostbusters director Ivan Reitman and they openly discuss in one of the emails that like, no, just don't, don't tell Ivan that we, that, that, that we're having this dinner. So they were planning it without him. Ivan was still attached and it still is. He's an executive producer of the movie, but it's believed that might be marquee only. Yeah. like yeah. he, he's being left to his own devices. He's working on Sony's new division currently called Ghost Core, which is about making new Ghostbusters media. So be that games, be that a TV series, be that another movie. Mm. He's in charge of that currently. And I think that's what's appeased him. Like He's like, fine, look, I'll look after the legacy in my own way. You guys have your one off film. I'm yeah. going to go do this. Um, which could be, ga- could be good, could be bad, doesn't matter. But, but Ivan Reitman did a very clever thing. Back at the time of Ghostbusters 2, in his contract, he stipulated that if they did a follow-up movie, he had final say on who directed it, yeah, so this yeah. movie, the new the new film, remake though it be, comes under that contract, so he had final say, yeah, which is why Amy Pascal was annoyed, according to these emails, because she wanted Paul Fagg, she wanted him because of the success of. Spy bridesmaids. She was like, "He's going to direct this movie." Well, not spy at that point. Only well, not spy. That, no, but like I was in pre-pro. And yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I because that's, that's a Sony flick. That's how they got
1: to like know each. Yeah, other and yeah. Stuff. I mean, he's done lots of work for
0: them. Yeah. But like, she was like, "He's going to be the guy. He's going to be the one to do it. I want him." And Ivan Reitman wanted to make another Ghostbusters himself.
1: I mean, that, that Ghostbusters three has been in development hell for years. But as years. Re- as recently as two years ago,
0: yeah. he was like, "So we're going ahead with the film. Good. I would like to make it," which. If you were, for example, Disney, mm. or even Fox, and you know the, the the now being a little more like open to Brian Singer and everything with his <laughs> stuff with the X Men universe, which yeah hasn't worked out really long term, but like at least with Days of Future Past, like you remember the, the the hope that we all had the moment they were like Brian Singer's doing Days of Future Past, we were, I like, had no oh my hope
1: God. whatsoever. Okay. Yes, fair I'd, I'd, I'd seen everything Brian Singer had done <laughs> all right, since me. X Men Two, all right, and it was r- all, right, all bad. Right, Actually, <laughs> anything Brian Singer's has done since the Usual Suspects, <laughs> because I don't even like the original X Men and X Men Two in retrospect that much anymore. I know I watched X Men on Netflix uh, about two weeks ago, and it was awful.
0: Do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning?
1: <laughs> That's a Joss Whedon line. Oh man, Joss Whedon's owned up to that
0: line, Joss. In an earlier draft, someone else took it over and decided to leave it in. Joss. He's not listening. He's not on the internet. He's a wise man. He doesn't hang out on the internet. He's a clever man. Um, So, yeah. Where were we? Oh, shit. That's it. Right. So, like, if this were Disney, for example, or, or, you know, another studio, they would probably be a little more open, have a little more faith, and they would go, okay, we're going to make a Ghostbusters movie. It's going to be a sequel of some sort. And we're going to get Ivan Reitman in and Dan Aykroyd's going to oversee it because then the faith of the public will immediately be there. The people who love those original movies will already be buying a ticket, theoretically, because they know these guys are looking after it all. So to kick him off seemed like a really odd choice. Hmm. And Ivan Reitman's involvement in the new film has been very minimal. He's an executive producer. In the sense that Stan Lee's an executive producer, yeah. like he might have some say, he might have some uh, input on how it works. But ultimately, because he's one of the people in charge of where it came from, it's more a courtesy. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is a shame. But in this Paul flagg interview, Paul Fag, oh, blimey, Paul Fag, fake, 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 fakey, fake, fake. Let's just
1: make it up; it doesn't matter.
0: Paul <laughs> Fag in the Paul Fag interview, he comes across as somebody who wants. To make a good movie, and he doesn't want to upset people. Yeah, yeah, I get all that. And he says that the the article that came out about a month ago now he said like I've met geek assholes in the geek community as home to some of the biggest assholes on the planet. There's plenty of them. like was was a misquote from an interview done eighteen months prior, which may be true. But he even says in the thing I wish I hadn't said that because I know now that's not true. Like the real geek community aren't the ones who are being horrible and disgusting about all this. I
1: don't know, I'd, probably, I'd say Which this... Which again bully. is...
0: Yeah, well, exactly. Again, it's sort of uh, like that's, that's him going like, if you're a real geek, you're a good guy. And it's yeah, like, like it's, hang on, you,
1: you're sort of person-rallying here. It just kind of furthers the tribalism that's, that's the problem with yeah, that
0: kind of thing. with all this stuff. People feel like they have ownership, and that's yeah. a problem. Because you don't have ownership. But the fact you care... that the, pa- the passion is good. Mm-hmm. The 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 fact that you think you have a say is kind of misleading. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's better when studios, directors, producers and whatnot are open to suggestion. Yep. Because they want to know that they're doing something that everybody's old and bored for. The Marvel movies, again, great example. We'll always bring them up, not because they're a popular thing to talk about, but because they do it right in that set. Not, it's not the right method for everyone, but what's happened there is they've gone, we're going to make movies that are pretty much the same as what's on paper so, the people who like what's on the page will come and see the movie. Mm-hmm. And we know that it'll be enjoyable for people who haven't seen the movie because it works so well in this other medium. Let's try it. In the, and, you know, there's rules of adaptation, blah, 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 blah. blah. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, it seems that Paul, F- Paul Fague, like wants to do the right thing, knows when he's said something wrong or negative, and apologizes for it in hindsight. But it still doesn't stop him opening his mouth at the time. Yeah, but you can only, which is bad for the movies. Only, represent like you if you done ever, it after the film came out, you can only enough. ever
1: apologize for something that you've already done in hindsight. You no, can't go back and not do it.
0: No, of course. But there's a bit in the article. Where he talks about like he just finished making Ghostbusters. He and his wife went on a, on a on a holiday. Yeah, so we could relax. And he checks Twitter, um, which I think is a rule you should never do on holiday. He checks Twitter, and some people have been slagging off like the work, and they've tagged him in everything. These three individuals. Yeah, so he responds. And for about a day, he felt great about it. And then a couple of days later, he's like, I really shouldn't have done that. Because it just stressed him out even more. Mm. And it's like, well, that's fine. You've said that now. But throughout production, he did this. And in the interview, he mentions a couple of times where he engaged people in confrontation online and then regretted it. It's like, well, why why did you keep doing it then? Why did you keep doing it? You're under scrutiny. You're putting yourself in a public spotlight. Either keep shtum and let everybody show themselves up or just put out a statement of good intent and leave it at that yeah it you know it, it seems a bit of a shame. it's sort of this weird in-betweeny place but also though i think the one thing that i did come away from the interview being a bit upset about is how he said the only way he could tell this story is if he told an origin and that's why he's rebooting the franchise
1: and it's like well then maybe you weren't the right person yeah for the franchise it just seems a bit short-sighted is that the only way i can tell this story is by tearing it down and starting from scratch is so i mean you could you, he said one draft of the script that he was handed early
0: on was a draft where the old team were sort of gone because they'd been driven out of business yeah and it was about a new group getting hold of the stuff and eventually getting in touch with the old team and That's... and the teachers you know something like that. but he he made a good point he said why would we do that why if because then if you watch those three movies in a row the second movie begins with them, yeah, like yeah. have you know, like disgraced because for the last few years they've been blamed for massive accidents and you know like, all the costs to the city and this that and the other, and then they get back on top, and then you start the third film and they're disgraced and
1: thinking it's like yeah, agree there, I and agree, the, the same thing happens. Between the real Ghostbusters and extreme Ghostbusters.
0: Yeah, it's, it's sort of like it's a really yeah. obvious... In fact, I think that was a Dan Aykroyd holdover. That
1: was a story he'd always wanted he to tell. He just keeps telling the same one over and over again. Well, Blues Brothers 2000's the yeah. same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
0: like, it's like oh, it's all gone. Well, let's get the band back together It's the only again. story that Dan Aykroyd can tell. Dan Aykroyd.
1: It's even an evolution. Which yeah, I think which has, is Ghostbusters three. He has some of a hand. Uh, <laughs> in, I think I know he's in it. I don't know if he wrote how much. Of it he yeah, wrote. No, it's, it's Ivan wrote?
0: Reitman, um, Harold Ramis, Dan Aykroyd. I believe that one. Oh, what? Because it's basically it's basically Ghostbusters three. I want to do something yeah, about that. 3. I want to do something about that down the line, like uh, accidental sequels. <laughs> evolution is Ghostbusters three. Small Soldiers is Gremlins three. Like there's a few films that are like
1: that. Oh no, he didn't write. He didn't write it. No. Dan, Dan Jacoby and David Diamond and David Weissman. Ah, Ivan in Reitman directed that, right? Ivan Reitman directed, and yeah. Dan Aykroyd is in it. <laughs> to win um, it. He's in
0: it. Like a win it. Um, that's um, disgusting. But
1: yeah, I'm wondering how just how into twa- Oh, people do not like that movie. Oof. I know. Um, Honestly, it's not amazing, but it's a lot of fun. But yeah, I'd be interested to see how far into production, or if at all, Evolution was linked to Ghostbusters. Because it does feel very similar. It's um, alien
0: mutants, and alien genes getting captured and destroyed by a group of scientists and disgraced scientists who were all being... who were all sort of like everyman. Like, yeah, you know, they're all yeah. just like people you could meet, and they're, they're all made characters. To <laughs> I don't know much. So basically, like he Ghostbusters three when he came to it was a story he wasn't interested in, and that's fine. Get someone who is interested in it to direct the damn thing. Then. Or somebody who's like, yeah, this could work. Yeah. But let's try this angle from the top. Because mm. you could still have a story. He said the reason he wanted to do it is because he wanted to put these four hilarious women. This is like his, his wording. Four hilarious women. In a situation where they're having to build this stuff from scratch. And they're having to make these crazy gadgets and test them out. And it's like, okay. Does it have to be Ghostbusters. Or can't it be they're the new team being trained in it? Or one of them comes along and is like, Look, this could be done so much better and starts to invent it. And then you could still have that aspect of the story. Yeah. Um and I I always bring his version up, but what I've read of it was great. Max Landis did a treatment for Ghostbusters 3 a few years ago, and it's online to read. If you search it, it's it's there. And it's great. And it is a whole thing of just like the current team in that place. And they're still well, I think two of them are still kind of like relatively new to it so they're getting the ropes yeah but there's an acknowledgement that the original movies existed this is the ghostbusters you know pest control franchise several years on Uh And, and like there are branches elsewhere and i think i think if i remember correctly i might be wrong but like um egon like would have been in it and stuff like he was setting up the other teams and stuff so he like checks in at one point and things like that obviously you couldn't do that now because of harold Ramis passing away but like you could still do that with say
1: like which makes it makes me want not want to go to Buster's three now like if i can't have harold Ramis, i which don't I, want to go yeah Buster's i don't what You
0: mean. I mean it depends on how you do it i would have been happy if it was a new team and everything and the only one you had of the original guard in the movie was say like ernie hudson like winston is now the guy who manages the new york branch do you know what i mean it's like, he's yeah, a representative yeah, of the franchise. Plan. Like, I quite like that because he'd stay in New York. Like, he wouldn't, he's not the scientific exploration guy. He's like, look, um, I'll take care of this. Like, I'll look after this lot. Well, at the same point, I kind of like that idea, but you would still be like, it sucks knowing that those are the three characters
1: yeah, yeah. are in America somewhere and we're not going to see it's them. It's been so long and we know we're not going to get Bill Murray back. He's not, well, he's not gonna do it. Well, he's done this movie. He's not gonna do it. He's filmed a cameo for Ghostbusters. Yeah, he's he's, he's filmed a, a cameo and actually
0: being in the movie properly. But he was up for being in a Ghostbusters 3 if Venkman was dead. <sighs> See, that's what I mean. It's just. So like you know, but you know, I think it's because he was like, if we do the same, we do the same, and it's just going to be exactly the same. It's just Bill Murray, give me weird. something new
1: to do. Bill Murray is the Tom Baker of the Ghostbusters. He's like, oh, oh yeah, what a, what a talking cabbage on my shoulders! Like, come on, just do the movie, man. Just don't, don't be so weird about it. We had a like, talking everyone cabbage. Everyone wants to do this movie. Everyone wants to do this movie except you because you we... can't be a ghost in it. Like,
0: just we had a talking cabbage. It was called Onion Head, and then everybody renamed it Slimer because merchandise
1: wise it made more money. And now we're not going to get a Ghostbuster. 3 because Harold Ramis is dead cause we Bill had Moore, a Ghostbusters he 3 Bill Murray wouldn't just swallow his pride and be in the damn movie and now Harold Ramis is dead and we're not gonna get a Ghostbusters 3 or at least not the one that we should <laughs> Ghostbusters 3
0: exists it's the 2009 video game it's a lot of fun all the original cast are in it it's co-written with Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd and it's fun god damn it yeah
1: i need to play that i need to track it out
0: it. it is a great game in fact you can watch all the cut. someone's edited like all the cutscenes together into like a two hour 14 minute movie on youtube it's yeah. worth watching i don't
1: want to play it though. i do want to play
0: it uh playing's great it's a bit for the first person thing is really bizarre because it's not just point and shoot yeah it's point keep pointing as a thing moves around to try and hold it and then wrangle it into a trap it's yeah. really like difficult
1: but it's, it's, it's a lot of fun i also um, want to get the wii version because that's styled after the real ghostbusters
0: Yeah, but also it's very different play-wise. I'd recommend playing the PS3 version and then play the thing you want. But I think there's the pleasure to be had in both, I imagine. And the story's the same, pretty much. It's just a case, obviously, it's a little scarier in the PS3 version and all creepy, and then the Wii one's a bit more like, hey, we're having fun! But anyway, (laughs) if you want Ghostbusters 3, it exists, but not the one we kind of wanted. Paul Feig has gone in to make a movie based on movies that he loves. But decided to dismantle everything and start afresh and there is one point which does interest me i'll present this to your share because you uh, gave, you it. gave the interview a quick read before we started I did. did you get to the part where he basically says this franchise had been sat on a shelf for so long the only thing i could think that
1: would make this work was to start again yeah i saw that and i completely disagree okay but that's my opinion I-
0: See with, with me, I can see why he thinks that, but yeah. No, go on, hit hit me, hit well, me, just
1: hit me, hit me, hit me. There's... Why can't you continue it? I mean, you can't continue it now because how Raymish is dead. But what what is it really? The only way you can think to tell a story is to just start again. You can't pick up from something that happened. Surely the joy in telling that story then, if, if we're telling another story about the original team, is in how they've grown and changed, like you say with the Max Landis treatment, in the space between. Hmm. If the only way you can think to tell a story is just go, nah, that's all dull, I'm gonna do my own stuff. That's, then just tell a different story. Yeah. Don't, don't co-opt someone else's Don't make
0: Masters of the Universe 2.
1: Yeah. Make make Cyborg. cyborg.
0: (laughs) Wait, no, scratch that. The best way to have done it would have been to go the route of The Force Awakens. Yeah. Essentially, soft remake the original, but have enough new elements for it to be, like, a different, you know, have a different umbrella effect at the end of it. And, like, with that, we catch up with old characters. Like, they're in there. They're in the story. The The story's not about them, but they're in it. I mean, hell, not a great example of a movie, but Independence Day Resurgence, (laughs) Like, even even that, it's like, it's relatively the same film, it's new characters, but we have enough of the old stuff in there for us to go, oh, that's what they've been up to, that's what happened with him. Oh, he got killed off because we couldn't afford him. All right, okay. Cool, cool. Et cetera, et cetera. Like, again, not a great example. Force Awakens, much better example. Yeah. But, you know, you could have done it like that. I mean, that's, I, it's sad that we wouldn't have Egon, but that's why I'd accept a movie where you just had, like, one of them in there. Yeah. I'd accept that because I'd be like, you know, and, and again, I'm going to pick him because I have Ernie Hudson in it. Winston's my favourite yeah, Ghostbuster. Like I'm, I'm in that really
1: small camp where Winston is my favourite. Look, if there's a steady paycheck in it, it will believe anything you say. So. <laughs> it's just the fact that he just, I love him. He just rocks up, like, sort of
0: just after the second act's kind of kicked off. Yeah. And just joins in. And yeah. there he is. Yeah. He's just... He's the guy who saw a wanted ad in the paper. He's great. I has love it. He's such a great element to it. I love... I love the fact that he's there. Because I'm already in love with the other three characters by this point. Yeah. 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 I'm like, oh, wow, right, You're going to add another cast member? Oh, I don't see how that's going to... Oh, it's literally just a dude who's there to collect a paycheck. Yeah. Great. But it's some guys he's barely known for like a week, and yet he goes up to the top of that thing... So, top of the hotel, crosses the streams, and risks his life. He could die. I think the implication doing is they've it. been together as a team for a lot longer than a week at that point. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. The events between um, his interview and Peck shutting down the containment, it's only about a week or so. The the, the the second half of the film takes place over about a week, two weeks. Does it? Yeah, Dana's apartment and everything, all that stuff, happens uh, earlier on. Like the exploration of her apartment and Peter checking it out. That's when it's still the three of them, isn't it? Yeah. The Cedric Hotel does it. Then there's all that stuff, and then and and then um, Winston applies. He's only there for a bit. I feel like there's more of because that's why I kind of like it. It's like he he he's he's a he's a solid enough dude that when it comes to the end, he risks his life alongside the other three because he knows it's
1: the right thing to do. I just got the sense that 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 movie took place over like the the, the whole montage sections of it took. Place over a longer period of time, ah,
0: but the montage happens before Winston joins. Of course, Ghostbusters of course. are running for a while.
1: Okay, yeah, but, yeah. But Winston, yeah.
0: Winston joins later on when they realise they're going to ah, need an extra hands. Okay, and and okay. and the only sort of character moment you really get is him and Ray in, in which egg is egg amazing. One. It's amazing. that brief chat about yeah. like faith and the Bible and apocalypse, end of days. Like, that's, that, that, the way that scene's played feels to me, like, two dudes who don't really know each other sort of just striking a conversation. Yeah, yeah. So he barely knows these, and and again, like, he's like, he's like, I've only been with these guys for a little while, uh, Your Honour, but, like, in that time I have seen shit that would turn you white. Like, do you know what I mean? He He's completely in on it. He's like, I believe in what they're doing. Well, you can't not at that point, can you? Oh, he's so cool. You can the I job love and Winston. not... Winston's my favourite Ghostbuster. It's yeah. so weird. Yeah, yeah. Winston's I right. absolutely Winston. adore it. And the thing is, I love him equally to Ray and Peter and Egon. Like, I love them all the same, but Winston's just my fave. <laughs> it's yeah. It's just that extra element, the fact that he just stumbles into it all. Love yeah. that. Well, um, but. Yeah, sorry. But we're not, getting,
1: we're not getting more Winston. No. And, so,
0: although we are getting confirmed cameos in the thingy are Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, Sigourney Weaver, um, <laughs> Annie Potts, and uh, who does Ernie Hudson? I said Ernie Hudson. Yeah. Didn't it? yeah, so like basically the three Ghostbusters, Dana and Janine, are all cameoing. Rick Moranis was approached. But he's retired and, and not. N- ah! Him. Ah! In an interview that was released during the making of this movie, he said that he was approached, He just it doesn't interest him, so he turned it down. And he's not retired, he just, he, he looks at projects from time to time, because he produces stuff now, yeah, I think yeah, he, yeah. he produces music, I think, actually. Yeah. Um, he he looks at stuff from time to time, but he says no script has hit him in the last, like, 15, 20 years has made him go, oh, go on, that'd be awesome, I'll take part oh. in that. Which which says to me that he's just sort of become a little picky, because he's like, look, if I'm going to go back into it, I want it to be in something good. Hmm. And you can't really blame him for that like when you would you because he originally retired for quite a tragic reason i think i believe his wife passed away yeah, I think was. and he retired to be to be full-time dad basically and yeah. take care of the family and then he got into producing and he just hasn't got back into acting i mean you can't blame him for me like i've been out of the game so long if i picked a shit movie what a crap way to return hmm. i'd rather come back to them brilliant i'd love to see unless I, this is weird so, this is so so voyeuristic and creepy i'd love to see a picture of him how he looks now I'm curious. Because he's always had such a cartoony little baby face that we've not seen for about twenty years. It'd be interesting to see what he looks like now. Do that after the podcast and make it the uh, thumbnail image. I don't think there are any photos of him now, though. We'll find one. Oh god, we'll find one. Sort of context. Um, <laughs> just, anyway, like,
1: here's a picture of Rick Relles' face. We've talked about this Paul Fagg interview for way too long.
0: Yeah. Longer than he actually talks. Uh, the longer than he actually
1: talks to this, 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 we're always talking about the interviews longer than the actual interview. Yeah, go over and read it, see what you think. Um, I, yeah, it's gonna be interesting, but we'll see what happens with it. go Goldfish is out real soon, so we'll see what happens with it. It's out in a week, man.
0: Yeah, so out in a week. we'll uh, we'll Next talk about Monday, it.
1: We'll talk about it. <laughs> Which means
0: I've got to go and say, yeah, Monday. That's another one. Of this that's another one. Of the signs that the studio doesn't even have faith in the final product. They're releasing it on Monday, so that it makes as much money as humanly possible by Sunday.
1: Well, we'll judge for ourselves next week.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna have to go see it on on the first day. I'm because I'm working see it. that weekend, so we'll have to see it on the first day. Review it as soon as possible and get it out there. Well, if I if I can see also, it also there's you... a re- there's a review embargo till Monday.
1: If I can see it before we record the next podcast, then we should talk about it then. Oh, right. I should be able to.
0: I'll make you. I'll yeah. make you.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, or, know... I'll, or I'll just retell you the story and well, show let, with up it. Let me know when you're going to see it because there's no point in talking about it on the podcast unless we've both seen it. Dirty bastard. But anyway. <laughs> Now, Chris... He just wants to stick his hand in my popcorn tub. Now, Chris, I s- I set you some homework last week. Oh, for Christ's sake,
0: look, I'm did, not doing the tectonic plate coursework. Did
1: you do your homework? Did I do
0: it? <laughs> ha! Did you do it? I don't know I'm laughing. Yeah, I did! I watched Preacher! We're six episodes in at this point, and I've watched six all six. i deep. I started yesterday with the intention of watching, like, two and i watched all six what do you think um so again just to well to, to bring people up to speed i i've never read preacher i have matt has read preacher matt has also already watched preacher yeah i yesterday
1: binged six episodes of preacher i've been watching it on transmission so i i is a bit a bit spaced out i i'm enjoying it which is odd
0: because i know it's not brilliant it's it it has yeah. it, got
1: moments of brilliance. It has brilliant elements. And Dominic Cooper's great. Dominic Cooper's great. I don't think he's playing Jesse Custer, or at least mm. not the Jesse Custer I'm familiar with. Because so this is why this is why this is such a unique perspective, yeah. because you, you know the source material. I know the source material and it just I know that Garth Ennis is hev- Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon both are heavily involved.
0: But it's but... a Walking Dead kind of scenario in that like yeah. with that series Robert Kirkman is 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 the writer of Walking Dead is is working on the show and he's written some of it and he's helped plot out the story arcs. So with the TV show, he's sort of going, yeah, I'm going to tell the stories differently. I'm going to do different things and bring in other characters and kill off other characters sooner. Well, I don't know how the characters live for longer, but the difference with that one is that one feels like it's being stretched. I Whereas for me... But that, well, that's because I've read Walking Dead. Yeah. Whereas with Preacher, I've not read it. And so far, it
1: feels like they're taking their time a bit. Preacher, to me, feels like it's being stretched to its breaking point on the show at the moment. I don't know how heavily Steve Dillon and Garth Ennis... Well, Garth Ennis particularly, because he was the writer. Steve Dillon was the artist. He was uh, the visual it, storyteller. It, it, in quotation marks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, don't be, don't be He's nice. a good artist from the neck down. <laughs> There's a lot of the neck down stuff in Preachers, to be fair. Um, (laughs) Giggity. uh, So, uh, yeah, I don't know how heavily they are involved in the actual plotting of it, or whether they're just consulting, but I know they are very much on board. Um, But they've just... Like, adaptations make changes. Yeah. That's That's just how they work. And even from one serial medium like comic books into another serial medium like television... Changes are made. Well, there's, but there's there's just, it's just... Well, here's, just here's a way to, so much. Well, here's
0: a way to decipher it. Picture in your head, Matthew. Yeah. Sweet, gentle Matthew. Sweet, gentle Picture in me. your head uh, a back cover to, say, Preacher Volume 1. Yeah. Right? Give me the short paragraph summary, the blurb of... Sort of what what you would describe like a, a, what what would be written on the back of the tray paper back of issue See, one uh, don't, of, of,
1: of part one. The problem with giving a, tra- a, a synopsis for the um for the comics as opposed to the show is the stuff you find out in the comics, like end of issue one, end of issue two, really early on, that they still haven't gone into on the show. And I don't know whether that would constitute a spoiler.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, like, the back of the book kind of summary. Yeah, no. Like no where it doesn't
1: give, it, doesn't no, give too much away. I mean the back of the book summary. Okay, well, like... There's stuff that would be in the back of the book summary oh, for Jesus. the first tre- Preacher trade okay. that would probably constitute a spoiler on the show.
0: Well, give us the pre-blurb where they just explain the basic no, premise of the book. Oh, shit, they really? are so
1: far behind some of the stuff that happens in the comic that I cannot do that yet.
0: Oh, do you know what? <laughs> I think I'm going to take a safety gloves off. I think we should do it. Sod it. Spoilers right. for preacher well, no. the graphic novel. Poten- no not for the Potential graphic novel. Potential spoilers. Potential
1: spoilers for Preacher the Show. Yeah. Because it's so far behind the graphic novel. Okay, I'm 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 willing to take this job,
0: right? Let's do it, so, Let's do it. give me the back of volume one esque so, summary.
1: Um Jesse Custer is a preacher, a failing preacher in a small southern town. And he's possessed by an entity which is the, off- the forbidden offspring of an angel and a demon which gives him the power of the voice of God. He can compel anyone into doing anything he wants. In his exact words. Which is something that comes back to Ben But anyway. Uh. <laughs> um, now, he has to go on the run from people who are trying to get the entity back um, with the help of his uh, ex-girlfriend Tulip and his new friend... 100-year-old Irish vampire Cassidy. um, He finds out from the forces that are pursuing him, which include angels and the Saint of Killers, uh, an unstoppable, immortal, murdering machine, uh, who is the soul of a cowboy, um, that God is no longer in heaven. And so sets out on a journey across America and beyond... To find God and bring him to task for deserting his creations. That is the plot of Preacher. Cool. So it gets set up so, straight away, and so, they've still not got to that point.
0: So, it's sort of like the Punisher
1: meets the Bible. <laughs> well, it's not. It's not as violent. Like Jesse. <laughs> Jesse is a violent man, but he's not cruel. He's a, he's a human. He's got. He's got faults, hmm. and so is Tulip. Tulip in the show is significantly more sadistic cruel, vindictive, violent, short-tempered, um, whiny, just unpleasant. She, she's not an unpleasant person in, in in the book. She does unpleasant things, but it's just she's got a nasty streak in the show, which just isn't there in the book. And Jesse as well just, I mean, what they've done in the show is Jesse has Genesis and they've kept him around in town. They brought other characters from later on and other places into the town as well to build the community. It lets it lets them have regular sets. It lets them have a regular cast because a big component of the book is travel. They're mm-hmm. always on the road. Oh um, well, well, between arcs anyway. Then they'll spend a couple of issues in one place and then move on. Um, and it just but. It, in the book, when Jesse gets Genesis, it destroys the church he's in and, and kills his congregation. He's the only survivor. Doesn't happen in the show. So he's building his congregation and he's found his faith again. Um, through that. And so we staying in this one place. And it's just not a story that I'm finding very compelling. Um, Because, and also the, in the show... They've made Jesse's father a priest, the preacher in the church that he now preaches in. Not the case in the book. In the book, his father's a soldier, returns in Vietnam, marries a, a woman who's part of another family, and then he's killed by that family for because they think that, she, that he's beneath her. And Jesse's sort of molded into the kind of person he is before he becomes a preacher by that family. Mm. Um sort of like a southern sort of crime family. Um, like a mate with like a very strong matriarch. And there's hints of that in the show because I think his tattoo that you see in season six is a hint towards that background. Season six? Jesus. Season six. Episode six. In yeah. Episode six. Oh my it, God, is, season is, six. Is a hint towards that background. And then you do see flashbacks of his father getting killed. So I'm assuming that is going to happen mm-hmm. um, in a similar way. But it by making Jesse much more of a confirmed true believing Christian that you're then removing some of the sort of cynicism from the character, and he's yeah. not. But he's not cynical in a cruel way; he's cynical in a realistic way. And like,
0: he doesn't seem in the show like he's kidding himself when but, he says like If God wants this thing back, then God can come and take it." Yeah, he's, he's not. He's not sort of going like uh, So if he wants it, he can come and get it. He's going like If he if God wants it, he can. He can go. Like he he definitely is a man of faith. Yeah, and he is a man, is a man of faith. And he faith. appreciates that it isn't all, like, you know, plain and simple, there's more to it. He but is, at the same time,
1: like, he still believes that he God is a man, will light the way and everything. He is a man of faith in the book. He's just not a man of blind faith. He's a man yeah. of... He's he's a man of morals. And he in the book, he has... Scruples. He, he has a... His sort of spirit guide takes the form of John Wayne. Okay. So there's sequences of him, of him talking to a... A, a, a spirit which might be the spirit of John Wayne, it might be just his conscience, mm. and he has a convers, he has a relationship with this, with this, um, John Wayne spirit that he's had since he was a kid, and John Wayne talks him out of the TV, and it's not which they can't really do, I guess, in no, the show. Not um, unless they invented like a fake John Wayne esque character to, but make that work. It's a way of morally centering him that's detached from his religion that don't make them so heavily intertwined. So I worry that. I, which I believe they will do on the show, is that when they get to the point where he no longer has his religion, then he won't he'll lose his moral centre. Yeah. Unless um, they make one of the external
0: characters his moral centre.
1: Yeah, but then tulips they've... They've, they've, <laughs> they've, they've made taken, her, they made her an arsehole. They've taken her moral centre, uh, thrown it out the window. And then you've got Cassidy, who's the hedonist. So yeah. they've done a bit of it with Eugene... Or ass face as he or as Or ass becomes, face like, as the later. American press. Oh, they, they call they, they call him in. ass face in the book. I oh, no, but the American, American, the American
0: the American press for this. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: Show was referred to him as ass face. Yeah, well, he gets his name from Cassidy in the book, so who is Irish? Right. So um, to, to be fair, yeah, the only the
0: face. only reference to his face looking like a puckered anus has
1: come from Cassidy. Yeah. in Episode two is he sort of like was <laughs> like Jesus <laughs> that so, boy's got a face like an arse. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is exactly how he gets his name in the books. Um, <laughs> Jesus! Um I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what before we, before we go too far
0: ahead, yeah. I'll give the the back yeah, of the blue, me... back of the Blu-ray box set yeah, summary yeah, of Preacher. Yeah. Um Do it. What's his name? Jesse Jesse Custer. Custer. So Jesse Custer is a preacher recently returned to the town he grew up in, to his dad's uh, like church. Yeah, to take the role, having spent the last few years doing some pretty unseemly criminal uh, criminal endeavors yeah. with Tulip. Um, a bunch of priests and religious and holy men and women uh, of different faiths have been possessed and then killed almost immediately mm-hmm. uh, by an entity which eventually arrives at Jesse and just inhabits him and doesn't kill him. Meanwhile, an Irish vampire called Cassidy is sort of seeks refuge in that town uh, because a bunch of uh, vampire hunters are after him they keep finding him Um, and two blokes who are angels who are in charge of keeping track of this entity that is known as Genesis come to the town to try and take it out of Jesse Uh, at first without him knowing and possibly with a chainsaw and second time with his cooperation and Jesse realizes the entity gives him God- he refers to it as the voice of God and then is told No, that's not what it is. But he can tell people what to do. No, no, he, he, can he, he command told, people to do things. Told,
1: it is you no know, he said he doesn't say he not it, it told that it's not the voice of God he tells he gets told that it's not God. Right, okay. Oh, he, uh, yeah. He thinks it's God working through yeah, him. Yeah, and he thinks that he's possessed he's by God. He should know, it's not yeah. God.
0: But that but that's the basic. That's not yeah. going into plot specifics or, or spoilers for the individual episodes, for it's example. It's as basic as you can get Which, which
1: we'll do down the line. I think when season one ends, we'll we'll, we'll talk about the full season. That's as basic episode. as you can get without just saying, yo, it's about a preacher yeah. who has a power. So Which is so vague. Yeah. And gives you no sense of the flavour of the thing. Which is kind of like the show, really. Yeah.
0: It has a basic flavour. Like I said, they're, they're, I they're, like there the are flavor. actors having fun. Yeah. There yeah. are
1: set pieces that are freaking brilliant. Joseph Gilgan is perfect. Oh my as days. Cassidy. Joseph Gilgan is amazing as Cassidy. He's one of the most perfect pieces of casting I've ever seen.
0: There are some bizarre, and I've got a feeling this might be Seth Rogen's input, but obviously I could be wrong, but there are several. Modern pop culture references put in the first couple of episodes specifically, mm. almost like they're going, "Ha, huh? ha, huh? we're, we're relevant, right?" Well, I
1: think that's just it, it, that's... they've obviously, obviously the yeah. original
0: books from the what, early nineties, uh, mid nineties, yeah. mid nineties. Yeah. Uh, this series is very much set in twenty sixteen because they there is you know there's like yeah, touchpad yeah. technology, flat screen yeah. TVs, mentions of Justin Bieber and things like that. It's like, they're... but it's
1: also set in a deep South which is very mm. backward in its sensibilities.
0: Yeah. Um, in fact, the only iPad that the entire town has gets broken. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, it's an odd one. That You do feel like there is, they're focusing on ensemble. like And yeah. instead, instead of like, from what I can tell from your summary, the book, your cast is the three leads. Like they're your, they're, they're the ones you take the journey with. There's a lot of supporting
1: with. characters. They're, they're, you know, they haven't really introduced the main antagonists for the series yet.
0: But this sort of goes um, with the the, the, the the very sort of serialized TV thing of... Right, you've got your main person, mm. you've got their their best friend, and you've got the 10 to 20 other people in the
1: community. Yeah, it's just So moving. we're going to regularly visit. It's moving so slowly, and I really hope they get away from the town in the second season, which has been confirmed now, by the way. They've been, yeah, they've second, been renewed for the second season. Second two season two is gr- not only greenlit, but it's going to be twice the length as well. Oh, God.
0: But like, if they're doing Road Trip, oh, fair enough, because they could do like a story arc in each location for every three yeah. episodes. yeah which could work, and that would keep it fresh. Um, but I think part of the reason why they said it in communities as well, like in one place, is because they want people who tune in, like, for episode seven, or, like, you know, to episode four, for them to sort of
1: Go. Oh yeah, this is kind of like that one or so. They weeks don't go. need to make shows like that anymore because people no. don't watch TV shows like that anymore. No. Well, right. that, well there understand. you go. Like
0: you watched it week by week. I watched it in one go. I, watched, yeah, I, I think, watched we, got, I think we got the same experience. But I know that <laughs> if
1: I'd missed one week, I could just go and catch up because it's on yeah. over here. It's on Amazon Prime. It's get uh, the new episodes get released on Amazon Prime every Monday. In the states, it's, it's on AMC, AMC. But I think they also have it on Amazon as well in the states. Well, if, if you don't, if you don't watch it on transmission and it's not on streaming, it you just go buy it from iTunes or catch it on Hulu or whatever catch yeah up service. The network has like we don't live in we don't live in a world anymore where we consume our media when it comes out. No, Um, so which is why it's always annoying when people focus so much on ratings nowadays
0: because it's like the ratings it's a different world. Yeah, like ideally you want people to tune in on the night of broadcast, but not because you want the numbers. It's because you want them so invested in it that they want to see it the moment Mm. it's available, and that's why people would tune in on broadcast nowadays. I think Preacher has been made with a Netflixy mentality. To be fair, Maybe. I think they're
1: making it as a binge show, uh, but it's being spread out. See, I don't think they—they they are making it as a binge show because if I watch that on a binge, I just get bored because six episodes <laughs> in and, and nothing's. Well, yeah, I, nothing's I, really I I
0: watched it whilst editing videos and doing like bits of work online, so I had like my laptop to one side and my monitor to the other and i would stop quite often to just watch the show for like 10-15 minute stretches Mm. and then go oh shit i need to finish this and then keep working so i think i think it's it's got enough while it's called water cooler moments it's got enough moments that people will talk about the next day in it usually one big one in each episode. it's just not but it's 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 come from and this is the problem i had with get ready to stone me ladies and gentlemen this is the problem I had with Breaking Bad sometimes it felt like you could take four episodes out of the middle of a season and it wouldn't change a damn thing
1: the, thing with, the difference between Breaking Bad like and... Daredevil
0: even. I love Daredevil but you could knock two or three episodes yeah. out of both of the seasons well,
1: I think that's just a standard bloke from from serialised storytelling Torchwood, children, uh, Torchwood at uh,
0: Miracle Day is a great example Russell T Davis wrote five episodes for that and the Stars Network went no we want a minimum of ten so we had to write five more and that series, everyone's biggest complaint for it was a bit long. Yeah, like it could have been done in a shorter story.
1: I think, it's... like Children of Earth, which was just five episodes and worked perfectly. It's just being stretched out so much that mm. it feels like it's not going anywhere. Well, the pilot, next to nothing happens in the pilot. Yeah, well,
0: you the meet pilot... Cassidy and he gets a really cool introductory scene. The pilot introduces its core concept. And you it meet its and characters. characters. she gets yeah, but normally pilots uh, th- was it was it one of those where they made the pilot and then it got green lit, or did I they start was...
1: work on the pilot and then it was green lit? I think it was pilot ordered and then and then pilot was green and then okay green its, serious, green it's serious. Cause,
0: cause the reason I say that is because. Pilot episodes nowadays get broadcast. That didn't used yeah. to be the way. No, no, no were. not at all. Pilot would be made. It would be maybe shown as part of like a season of of pilots. It wouldn't
1: be shown on TV. It'd be shown to hmm. the network.
0: Oh, it could. It did. It did happen sometimes. More in the states than over here, where they would sometimes show two or three pilots on a network over a weekend. Hmm. The idea being, it's like, oh, new stuff. Like, what do you like? Tell us what you like. See what what rates. And then when it gets made, I think the last example of that in the UK was they used to do it on BBC Three. BBC Three used to show pilots. Yeah. And then, like, a year later, the one that got picked up would show... Mighty Boosh, for example. Tundra was done as a pilot. And then they remade it as part of Series One. Um, And that's the thing. Pilot episodes, like you say, are there to introduce the premise, the characters, and give a flavour of what the show could be to an exec. Mm. Pilots nowadays... Whenever you watch a TV series and the first episode is named Pilot... It's usually because the episode was made for that function, but yeah. then they just make that episode one. Mm. And I think that's a big mistake, because Preacher episode one had one amazing sequence on an airplane, mm-hmm. a really, really sort of like, whoa, introductory two-minute opening sequence that made you go, what the hell is happening? Yeah, And it introduced enough of um, Jesse's, like, philosophy and, and his out, outlook on confrontation specifically to make you go interesting character, I'd be intrigued to see what story they're going to tell with him. But ultimately, fuck all happens in that first episode. But that's fine really. because it sets the tone. But I don't know if the, I think that's just how it's become nowadays. I'd prefer episode one to feel like part one. Yeah, but it does. Uh, does it? Yeah, because it, it then, introduces all the characters. Episode one shouldn't feel it like the opening Genesis. the opening credit sequence of an eighties sitcom. Which it, it Where it basically it. goes: These are the characters, and it—it's a dude who lives in a flat with two women, but it his might. landlord thinks he's gay, and that's how he gets episode, away with it. Episode one's
1: got the... John Ritter. That's there you not, go. That's not what episode one of this series does, because it's—I would argue—it's probably the Tom best. Cruise blows a in a church, and here is the preacher man. It, man. Okay. Episode one is sort of the best. Please come. Many se- to... Stop it. <laughs> episode one is. I would argue it's probably the best episode of that season because <laughs> it does it does its job so well. It introduces all the characters. Hmm. It sets up Genesis. It gets Genesis. Sets up what Genesis can do. Boom! That's episode one. Is, Gen- is Genesis' power set up in episode one? Yeah, because he's got the whole. Um... I don't know if it is.
0: I think it's in episode two. Is when he first two? uses it, yeah. Oh well. When he first uses it, okay. In, in episode one, he he gets thingied, and then the fight in the bar happens, and that's the end of
1: episode one. You get Genesis by the end of episode one.
0: Yeah, he gets it by the end of episode one, but like, I don't think he. I think he gets it at the end. I think that's how episode one ends. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. But there's the whole rabbit thing. <sighs> Basically, the jury's out on Preacher so far. We're not entirely sure yeah, how we feel. Ed- I, I, I'm coming at it clean, and I'm enjoying
1: it, but it does feel like it doesn't have a point yet. I want to like it more than I'm liking it. And I like the flavour of it, I like the tone of it, I like Cassidy. But I don't like Jesse, and I don't like Tulip. Then they're, they're they're characters that don't have the redeeming qualities that their comic book counterparts do, and I don't understand why they've made those changes. Um, like I understand that changes are made in adaptation, as I said earlier, but it, they don't seem like practical changes. They just seem like change for the sake of change, and I don't understand why they've done it, because it doesn't. Are we, b- I mean, are we back on Ghostbusters? Yeah, we're back at. Yeah, we're back. We're back to Ghostbusters already. I don't understand why they've made the changes they've made because it make it. It just doesn't seem to fit with making them protagonists. You've taken away a lot of the. I think making the changes they've made, and certainly the changes in Jesse's behaviour, like you get towards the end of episode six, it removes the sympathetic elements from his character that make you like him as a protagonist. Not saying all protagonists have to be likable, but it'd be nice. It
0: helps. In this in this environment yeah, in this
1: T V environment well, where most protagonists are pieces of work. The, yeah, that's set in such a shitty world mm. uh, where everyone is awful. For them Jesse to be equally awful and do the things that he does without any redeeming qualities. And Tulip as well mm. uh, it just doesn't it's not working for me at the moment. In conclusion, um, we like
0: Cassidy. Uh, Cassie's brilliant. We don't like Tulip. No, we don't like And Tulip. we're wondering what the, they're doing with Jesse. Um, yeah. I was, I'll say this I think the ending of episode six, I think I think episode seven will be about him going, oh god, like this is. I, I thought I could deal with this stuff. This might be where he has a bit of a character turnaround. Yeah, but it
1: also might. It will more likely just be another eight minute long pre credit sequence of something happening in the Old West that we have no connection to yet because they're <laughs> taking the time with that character. Way too much. <laughs> then another episode in Ansville, where nothing happens. And Jesse continues to make poor decisions. Cassidy gets a couple of funny lines. And Tulip runs around being grumpy all episode. I think that's more likely what we're going to get.
0: What was the last TV show you watched? Let's say, like, say finished. one. one that's finished now. What's the last TV show you watched where you were like... Obviously, everything's got ups and downs. Where you like, yeah, that one for the most part, that was pretty freaking perfect. Daredevil season two. Oh,
1: okay. And before that, Jessica Jones.
0: Well, I'd, I'd say I'd say some that's finished, like say a show that's been. Oh right. The,
1: the, in across multiple seasons. Yeah, yeah. So like, because
0: um, so obviously stuff that's started in the two thousands, most of that's finished. Uh, and... Breaking Bad. Because I oh okay
1: um it, yeah because I I, I think it helped that I was binging that though. Hmm. Actually, I was, I'm going further
0: back. I'm saying Buffy. No, I was thirteen. Buffy,
1: Buffy was too saggy in the last two seasons. Oh, yeah, he lost way seasons. too saggy. Yeah,
0: but I mean, in terms of like it's constant week by week. I for it to get to season six, season seven before I started going. Mm. uh that was a bit of a weak one this week. But mm. like, I don't think I ever had that feeling during the first five seasons ever. It's just so odd that in yeah, today's climate we have so many um... TV shows where season one
1: has people going. I mean, it's alright. I mean, that's why I'm, that's why I'm still watching it. It's like no one hits it's the because, ground running it's because, anymore. Yeah, it's because no, no one ever hits the ground running. Mm. You go back and watch the first season of a lot of shows, they're pretty patchy. The first season of Buffy is the pretty of... patchy. The first kind season of... of X-Files is exceptionally patchy. No, yeah, that's that's
0: odd. Um, see, see,
1: with Buffy Buffy season one feels like it's in a
0: time capsule. It feels like season one was appealing to a generation that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, kind of. But the monster of the week part keeps it fun for newcomers. Yeah. Season yeah. two is when it suddenly
1: goes. Yeah, this season... is what works, and this is why I'm, you know, I'm sticking out to the end of the season of yeah. of, of preacher at least, and oh, into season two because if season two doesn't grab me, then i then I'll I'll quit it. <laughs> but you've got to give a show a season now. And I, 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 to be fair, I'd argue that you always have, to, you've always had to, yeah. and yeah. that's always been the case as far as I can see. The first season of a show has never. It doesn't hit stride until it gets a second season because you spend the first season working out what works and what doesn't work. Hmm. Um, Unless it's Faulty Towers, in which case it works yeah, just, solidly yeah. for two
0: seasons of six episodes
1: each. Well, and that's and then it's done. Well, that's you know that's the exception that you get, isn't it? Those, 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 those are the ones that you get where you're like, oh, they know exactly what they're doing and they just do it and then and then they're out. They didn't make any more.
0: If they'd mm. made more, it would have been more patchy. Could you imagine where Firefly would have benefited? Gone to a second season? Oh
1: God, man, Firefly barely got enough time to be patchy. Barely got enough time to patch it. Plus, what I'm saying,
0: like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if season one's where they're getting a feel for it, imagine what season two would have been like. Considering season
1: one is such a solid piece of work. God damn it! i want to watch Firefly again. Well, we'll leave it there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll come back to preacher when it's fin- when season one's finished. But at the moment, is it thirteen episodes, I think so. So we'll see you again it about might, six weeks time. time. Oh, so we'll see you in about five six weeks
0: time yeah, for a well, preacher. Well we'll,
1: we'll, well, we'll we might check back on it. Back, check back in on it. We might we might have the weekly preacher. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like a Sunday sermon. If something actually happens next episode, I'll be sure to talk about it next week. So, same we'll see. preacher time. Same preacher channel. <laughs> Doesn't quite uh, <think> work, <laughs> does it? Uh,
0: uh, same. Oh. If you've got any thoughts about Paul Fagan uh, and uh, Cyborg 2, Cyborg. And- Um, dirty old preacher holes it's a dirty show isn't it it's It's a dirty show everything's just everything's greasy grimy and everyone's unpleasant except for Cassidy who is unpleasant but in a way that we're kind of charmed by he's charmingly unpleasant unless you like cows in which case you'll hate him from episode
1: one everyone else is just a dick
0: Have you got anything you want to talk about down below? Uh, we will be chatting away in the comments as per usual. Also, don't forget, big damn stream this Saturday, nine PM ish on official CDJ, which I won't be around for. Saturday No, not this week. Not this week. But um, soon. Um, should we do something uh, on Sunday night as well? I do have a this Sunday night. Should we do, should we do a Sunday stream? I'll find out. Yeah. Keep an eye on Twitter. We'll, we'll I find can do a Sunday night because Sunday night's possible. But on Saturday night, we do have something on Saturday night. We've got we've got a, we've got Not Matt standing in.
1: Yeah, I won't. I will not be there. We've Saturday got
0: we've got a Not Matt standing. <laughs> who uh, who you, who who isn't Matt? But by God, isn't Matt? They're trained. So we'll see you on Saturday, possibly Sunday. Twitch.tv/slash official Remember, you can get in touch with it at any point. Big damn contact at gmail.com or yep. leave a comment here on this video. Leave it. Free download for this episode is in the description if you want to hear it again. Which I mean, why would you do that? Are you insane? <laughs> uh, Once is enough. <laughs> I mean, we half. Enough. Half is enough. Half 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 half,
1: half of an episode half episode is enough.
0: Whole. And we'll see you next week, probably, on YouTube for a Ghostbusters review, I imagine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, da, 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 I'm not making da, any commitments. <laughs> but it made me feel good. Oh, God. Bye.